Okay, so tonight I thought I would begin a section on uh, some instruction about prayer from Jesus, and I thought that I would go, uh, there's actually two portions of scripture in which he gives the Lord's Prayer, and one is in Matthew, and the other is in Luke. And so I thought that over the next maybe a month or so, we would go through both sections and see what Jesus teaches us about prayer. And so tonight I want to talk, we're going to look, first start off in Matthew chapter 6 from the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus talks about a prayer where he gives what is known as the Lord's Prayer, Matthew's version of it. But he talks about how we need to approach prayer in uh, verses 5 through 8. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. But before we talk about Jesus' approach to prayer, I just want to talk in general about how we can find ourselves in really a wrong mindset about prayer. So, have you noticed that when you get saved, when you become a Christian, when you start going to church and you become a follower of Christ, nobody really takes you aside. I'm not saying that isn't true in every case, but in most cases, nobody really takes you aside and says, this is how you need to pray. There, there aren't really, we don't offer classes in prayer. We, we have times like this where there's an occasional teaching, but for the most part, we kind of let people figure out prayer on their own. And, but that can also be the problem, because when you're left to figure it out on your own, you can develop your own thinking about how to approach God. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, about what Jesus says about what we should not be doing, and rather what we should be doing. Because sometimes what can happen is, is what we do is, is we look, usually what we do is look at who appears to us to be the more mature in the church we go to or the group we're a part of, and we look at how they pray. Okay, so I remember uh, when I got saved 33 years ago, I went to a little bitty independent Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, there were, when men would be called on to pray in church, a lot of the older gentlemen would use King James language. They would use uh, these and vows when they would talk about the Lord. How many of you have heard when they pray that way? So, uh, and so my assumption was, okay, as a young Christian, that that's how I should be praying. And uh, so I would pray to God and use the same language. Well, then, I, I guess as I matured, I realized I don't really need to talk that way. There is no holy language, you know what I'm saying? But rather, I, I just need to be myself. So what we do is we observe others, we observe how they pray, and then we even, I'll just go a little bit further, we even pick up their cliches. So I remember years when I was at Liberty, people praying and asking God to put a hedge of protection around people. Have you heard that? God, I pray that you would put a hedge of protection. Well, I think there's one section of scripture that talks about a hedge of protection, but it's really not in reference to praying that way, okay? And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but 
again, we pray that way because we pick that up from the people that are around us and so forth. So I'm not saying that in a negative sense. I'm just saying that a lot of our influences in prayer are based upon what has influenced us. So what I want us to do tonight, though, is look and see what Jesus says about prayer. Okay, so he's going to, it's, it's from a section, a lot of us are familiar with it, where he talks about a lot of negative things, but he also reinforces it with positive things about what we should and shouldn't be doing in prayer. And from that, I'm going to draw four things, okay, four main sections, okay? So let's look at verse 5 and of chapter 6, and we're going to go through verse 8. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. For your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to take these verses and talk about our approach to prayer. And I'm going to label them this way, okay? We're going to look at verse 5 and see that it must be real. I'm going to explain why I say that in a minute. We're going to look at verse 6, and we're going to see it must be personal. We're going to look at verse 7 and see that it must be genuine. And then in verse 8, we're going to see that it must be relational. Now, I'm going to explain why I chose those topic titles, okay? So when we approach prayer, it's got to be real. It's got to be personal. It has to be genuine. And it's got to be relational. And I think we're going to see that here based upon what Jesus is saying you should and shouldn't do when you pray. So let's take verse 5. Verse 5 is very obvious. He says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Now, I'm going to, we have in our mind a definition of what it means to be a hypocrite, okay? And a lot of that has to do with what we, what our church culture says is hypocrite or what our culture in general says is hypocrites, because remember our culture says the church is filled with nothing but hypocrites. Uh, and so we, we kind of think in terms of that term, but the actual Greek word maybe, well, there's no maybe to it, means a lot more than that, okay? Jesus is using a word here that is defined by the King James, and the King James has been the standard for all of our English translations. He's using a word that the King James translated hypocrite. The word actually is an acting term to describe an actor. So the actual translation means a pretender. Okay? A pretender. So it's an acting term from the Greek language of someone acting as someone that they're not. Okay? And you would say, well, that's a hypocrite. Yes, that's why the King James, the writers, translators of the King James translated it hypocrite. So what we're talking about here is somebody who's not being real about themselves. And so I'm going to bring out two things here. Because first of all, because they're not real, 
they're wanting to be seen as something that they're not, so they are really focusing on their appearance. So that's the first point I want to make here. Prayer is not about appearance. Prayer is not about appearance. So when you pray, it's not about how you look in prayer, even in your private prayer. Okay, because we're talking about private prayer mainly when we look at this section. Here Jesus is actually talking about public prayer. But we sometimes carry over the same attitudes into our private prayer because we feel like we have to be somebody else when we go before God. And I think if you understand what I'm talking, if, if you think about it, sometimes we approach God. We may be feeling one way, but then when we go to God, we're, we're actually somebody else in our own personal prayer time. So Jesus is saying it's not about your appearance. Prayer is not about how you look in this. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll just be vulnerable. There are times when I pray, I actually will think about what I'm going to say in prayer before I go to prayer. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, I sit there and I think, well, you know, when I when I talk to the Lord, I'm going to tell Him this. Like He's not aware of my conversation right now. Did you know? Do you know what I'm saying? He's right there. Listen to me right now. Yeah. You, you know? Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not about appearance. Okay, prayer's not about appearance. So, that brings up the point here. Prayer is not about trying to present yourself as something you are not. So that means you've got to be real in, in front of God. You, it's like God knows who you are. God knows what frame of mind you're in when you pray. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? So, like, for instance... Uh, Lori will tell you that when there's a crisis going on, I kind of am, uh, I'm not the cool, steady hand. I kind of get um, crazy a little bit. You know, I don't know what she would describe it as, but I'm not cool, like cool hand Luke or something. You know what I'm saying? I'm not cool, and, and, but yet when I go to prayer, I want to be, okay, I got it together. Well, no, I don't have it together. Did so I go to God and I just don't have it together. God, I'm really struggling. I'm hurting here. Be real. It's better to be real than be, what's the term, fake. Because he sees through our fakeness. That's what pretending is. So the first thing is, is if we're going to pray, if we're going to talk about approaching God in prayer, it's got to be real. Okay? So then notice now, okay, he he's contrasting this guy who's acting one way in public with now in verse 6, he's talking about how rather you go in private, okay? You go in private. And, and the reason why I want to stress here is, is that it has to be personal. Because when you discuss in private, you can actually be a little bit more personal. So for instance, okay? It's all about human relationships. Think about human relationships for a moment. So, I, you know, I have interactions with all of you at a different level. And some of you I have a more intimate relationship with because of years. Okay, so so when we're in a room like this, am I going to say everything in a room like this with everybody here? No. But let's say I have uh, lunch tomorrow with Bruce over at the Pizza Hut in Phillipsburg, because I think you're in Phillipsburg tomorrow, right? Okay, at the Pizza Hut in Dubois tomorrow, Okay. And it's just he and he and I sitting there. 
do you think I can be a little bit more personal with him and talk about things that I couldn't necessarily talk about in front of everybody here right now? Okay, so I can be a little bit more personable with him because we're alone. Did you understand what I'm saying? We're alone. So if you look at what he's saying here, he's saying go to a, go to a private room and the God who is in secret will reward you as he sees you in secret. So here's what I want you to see. First of all, prayer demands intimacy. Jesus is basically saying, if you're going to pray, it's got to be intimate. It's got to be personal. It's got to be you alone with God. It's got to be you alone. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Don't even think about being out in the open praying. If that's where your prayer life is, is being out in the open, that's not prayer. So if all, if the extent of your prayer life is just praying out in the open, that's not prayer. It's got to be you getting alone with God. It's got to be an intimate time with you and God being vulnerable. So it's got to be personal. Okay? So prayer demands, and I, I, I like that word demands. Prayer, interaction with God, demands intimacy. So for instance, I'll, I'll explain this to you. Probably, I'm assuming this is true in your lives as well. Okay? So uh, last weekend, I had all of our kids home except Maddie and a new daughter-in-law. Okay? I've got... I've got the three boys, a daughter-in-law, Lori, and myself. For part of that weekend, I had my in-laws there. Okay? And this happens many times. If you were to say to me, well, what kind of interaction did you have with Lori that weekend? I said, well, we talked to each other, but we didn't talk to each other. Do you know what I mean by that? You talk to each other just as part of a group, but as far as one-on-one -on -one talking to each other, having a relationship that didn't exist until they left. Do you understand? Until we sent Sawyer back to Williamsport to college and Foster left with Lauren and went back. Do you know what I'm saying? And we got Hudson and of course Hudson's doing all his, what he's doing. And so there are times now where Lori and I can interact together because the two of us can talk intimately about what's going on and our thoughts and different things. It's the same thing. You know, you, you, when you pray out loud in the open, you're not going to talk about everything that's going on in your life. You're not going to talk about how you're feeling. You're not going, you, you, in fact, if you do that, people are going to look at you like, what? Are you crazy? What's the matter with you? Are you weird? That's something you discuss in intimacy. And so prayer demands intimacy. Here's the second thing. The Lord responds to intimate prayer. So notice what Jesus is saying here. God who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, what's he talking about here? He says, look, when you have intimate prayer with God, when you talk with him and wrestle with him and go through, talk with him about the things that are going on in your life and what your thoughts are and the things that you're struggling with, God responds. And it's not like... There's not like a condition here. There's no conditional phrase in verse 6. He basically says will reward you. God answers prayer. He answers prayer. He interacts with you and answers you when you talk to him about things. So it's got to be personal. So now we get to verse 7. And he's going to again give a negative to illustrate a point. And the negative here is when he talks about how the heathen pray. So Jesus is talking about those who are not followers of God, who were following other gods, 
and how they approach prayer and how they approach prayer was through their ritualistic chanting and saying the same things over and over and over again, trying to manipulate their gods. Well, that brings up our third point here that it must be genuine. Prayer has to be genuine. It must be genuine. So here's what I want to point out to you. Prayer is not about manipulating God with your words. It's not about manipulating God. Again, you could find yourself strategizing, how am I going to approach God? How am I going to talk to him? Well, if I point out to him this, if I say, God, I need you to because of this and because of your promises here, you know, if I just phrase it the right way, then he will respond to me. You say people think that way? Yeah, people think that way. I've thought that way. Can I be honest with you? That's just manipulation. Did, and let, let, let me ask you, how do you feel about being manipulated? How do you feel about it? Do you like manipulation? Can you see through manipulation sometimes? You know, yeah. Yeah, I remember Lori would say to me, if I'm doing chores around the house and stuff, and I'm like, I'm doing more than I usually do, she'll say, what do you want? Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's what? Manipulation. God's the same way, except he's talking about the manner in which we approach him in prayer, and he's saying, don't use vain repetition like the heathens who think they're going to be heard for their many words. Prayer's not about manipulating God with words. You're not going to manipulate God. So you just need to realize that. Just be yourself. And so that brings out the next thing. God, the Lord, sees through our strategies for prayer. I mean, we're, we're <laughs> you, what do you mean strategies? Well, okay, so you've got to bring something to the boss, and you know that he's, he's uh, you know, I, 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 ta I taught Maddie about the law of three hearings. Like, if you want to get your boss to do something, you've got to have three hearings. I learned this in college. It was in what part of our class, the law of three hearings. So when you bring it to him the first time, he says no. When you bring it to him the second time, he thinks, well, maybe I'll think about it. When you bring it to him the third time, it's his idea. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's a strategy. And we, we do the same thing in prayer. But God sees through our strategies. Do you understand? You just need to be real with him, honest with him. Be genuine. It's got to be, prayer must be genuine. And then finally, we see it in verse 8. It's a simple statement, but there's a lot of meaning there. He says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Whoa, think about what he just said. God knows what your needs are before you go to prayer. Okay, so tonight we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna pray as the Spirit leads you. You're gonna go through whatever the requests are on this page or whatever is mentioned here tonight. Fact of the matter is, God already knew those prayer requests. God already knew that before you prayed. He already knew them. So what does that mean? Well, prayer must be relational. It must be relational. So here's two points. First of all. Prayer must be about more than just asking the Lord for something. Prayer has to be about more than just asking the Lord for something. Okay, so, all right. Uh, let's say I, I consider Bruce a friend. 
How you doing, friend? Good. All right. All right, so every time I get with Bruce, I'm asking him for something. Hey, Bruce, can you do this? Hey, Bruce, can you loan me this? Hey, Bruce, can you help me with this? Hey, Bruce, uh, give me some advice. Hey, Bruce, give me, got something for me. I'm always coming with my outstretched hand from Bruce. So, Bruce, we all have people like that in our lives. What are you thinking? Yeah, so are you looking forward to a phone call from me? No. Uh, do you want to have a relationship with me? Well, it's just that way. It's one-sided, right? right? Yeah. Think about our prayer lives. When we go to God, we're always talking about to God about the same old stuff over and over again. And he already, it says right in the Word, he already knows what we have need of before we pray. Now, does he want to hear? Yeah, because sometimes the things are heavy on our hearts. Yes, he wants to hear. But you need to also know he's very much aware. So do you need to spend all your time talking about it? No. I mean, I could talk to him about how I'm feeling about what I'm going through that I need him to help me with. Yes. But I'm not always asking for something. You shouldn't be. Prayer is more than just about asking for something. In fact, let me just go ahead and say this. We call it prayer, but prayer is actually speaking to God. That's what it is. It's speaking to God. That's no different than me speaking with you. You know? And I know, I've, I've talked to people who've been in churches where the preacher's constantly asking for something, how they feel about that. They're not appreciative of that. You know? So, prayer must be more about, must be more than just asking the Lord for something. So let me bring this to you. Since the Lord knows our needs, prayer must be about knowing each other. I think that's why he tells us here, he says right off the bat, God knows what you have need of. If you're going to pray and talk to him, it's got to be more than just asking his needs. It's about getting to know him and allowing him to get to know you. What does that mean, allowing him to get to know you? Okay, you guys recognize that with relationships, there are different levels of relationships, right? Okay. And the longer you get to know someone and the more intimate you get with them, as far as intimate in the terms of a relational intimacy, you enter into that person's life. And so you understand how they feel about things. You understand what they struggle with. You understand what their thinking is and how they approach things and stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? That comes with what? Time. So, okay, all of us here have friends. Like, I have some friends. They're few. They're not like a lot. But I have some friends that have been friends of mine for 30 years. And when I get with them, I can pick up the relationship just like that with them. And we've, over time, have built up an, a level of intimacy where they know how I think, they know how I'm feeling. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? They know how I approach things because I have that level of intimacy. Now, there's other people that have no clue how I think because I don't have that level of intimacy with them. But when you talk about with the Lord... And you get to know him and how he thinks and he gets to know you. First of all, he already knows how you think. But I mean, you express to him how you're thinking and you come to a different level with him. 
That's really what prayer is. Did you know what I'm saying? That's really what prayer is. And that's how our approach has to be. So when we look at these verses, yes, there's some negative statements here. There's some positive things he's telling us here. We really see four things. Let me go through those four again. It must be real. It must be personal. It must be genuine. It must be relational. So here's a challenge for you and I today. Okay, so as I'm speaking here to you, I actually am feeling a little convicted, which is a good thing. So the question I have, I'll just, I'll just ask the question to myself, you wrestle with it yourself. Okay, George. How real are you with God? Is your prayer more outward? Or is it more intimate? When I say outward, I'm talking verse 5, for appearance. Or is it inward? Is it genuine? Is it intimate? Because it demands intimacy. Verse 6. George, when you pray, when you pray through the crises, and the crises, let's just be honest, crises always happen in our lives, right? Okay? When the crises happen, George, um, are you being manipulative in your prayers? Are you thinking that somehow you might gain God's special attention because you phrased things the right way? Or you did the right things, you know? God, I gave up that spot at Walmart up front and for that, that car, for that older person. You know, did you see me, Lord? You know, uh, you know, I did this, you know, um, or are you being genuine? You know that he already knows what the needs are. You're just trying to, you just want to know him. So, I mean, these verses, Speak to me. I hope they speak to you. Because it's about, and we're getting ready to go to prayer, it's about knowing him because he already knows you. So let me just say this as I close. We have, as followers of Jesus, an awesome privilege because of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross, you have the privilege given to you through Jesus to go and talk with God whenever about anything. In fact, Hebrews tells us very clearly, seeing that we have such a high priest, that's Christ, let us come boldly to the throne room of God seeking his grace in reference to our, to our needs. We've got an awesome privilege. So I think we need to hear what Jesus is saying to us tonight. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit who gives us understanding. And I thank you that your word has spoken to us tonight. It's spoken to me, Lord. You want to talk to us. Your son died to give us that privilege 
to restore that relationship of talking with you. Would you help us? Would you help us to grow in our relationship with you? Would you help our prayers to be real, to be personal, intimate? Lord, to be genuine. And Father, to be relational. I pray that for myself and for each one here. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.